Welcome. I'm Victoria Schneps, president of Schneps Media. And today we are doing a Power Lister podcast. And my guest is somebody who is my attorney, Ron Petula. Welcome to our Power Podcast. Thank you so much, Vicki. It's great to be here. And I'm honored. I'm honored. Thank you. So, Ron, I know that you have a specialty that I've taken advantage of. Would you share with everybody? We're going to talk about Ron Petula, the elder lawyer. But before we begin talking about that, I did want to ask you, who in your early childhood influenced you to be the great success you are today? Vicki, without a doubt, I have to say it was my father. He overcame so many obstacles and he was a success at his business. Uh, if I could give you a little bit of a background, he was born in Iran. He grew up in Paris. He only had a fourth grade education, but he was able to read and write in five languages. And uh, he became a big success in his business. He was a philatelist. When he was in Paris growing up, would have been in fifth grade, he found a box of stamps on the street in Paris. And uh, his family was very, very poor, very honest person, always throughout his life, had a great moral compass, which I inherited, I think. And uh, he brought the box of stamps to the police station in Paris. And uh, they said, well, if nobody claims this in 90 days, these are your stamps. And the family was very poor. Every week he checked back with the police station. Did anyone claim these stamps? said, no, 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 after 90 days, the stamps were his. And uh, he had to figure out what to do with them. So he went to all the stamp dealers there and finally set up a shop along the river in Paris the Seine uh, and set up a little table selling stamps, which grew to be one of the largest wholesale stamp dealers in the world at the time. And uh, I was very, very proud of him. But how this influenced me was he had this amazing moral compass. He always did the right thing. He was kind. He was compassionate. But he always had this amazing drive to do better, to succeed, no matter what the odds were. Mm -hmm. uh, and he knew how to be flexible when things changed. He was living in Paris. He saw the writing on the wall, got one of the last boats out, because we were Jewish, last boats out before the Nazis invaded, sold everything. He started his business there, came to New York with virtually nothing, set up a business, and it became this huge success. I've been totally influenced by him and basically integrated almost everything that he did, he was, his true nature into mine, as well as what my brother did and my sister. So he was an amazing influence on all of us. You know, he didn't say it, but his motto in his brain was always do well by doing good. And he helped so many people. We found out later after he died, how many people wrote to me and how kind he was and how he helped them. And he never said a word to anyone. And it, it is something that I internalized. And it's something that pushes me forward on a daily basis. 
how you became an attorney and turned into your specialty of work. Uh, very interesting. Growing up in high school, I always loved music. Music was my passion, but I, I, I thought I would go into music law. Uh, as you know, I had a high school band with uh, the head of the Ramones. Uh, his name was Jeff Hyman, became Joey Ramone. And I loved music and it was just so much fun. And uh, I wanted to become a music lawyer. And uh, I did. I, I was general counsel to uh, Apex Records, Springboard Records. It was wonderful. But what I found is I, I love music, but I didn't want to become a music lawyer. I wanted to do something that would be more people-oriented. Uh, and I didn't like what was happening on the business side of music. Uh, and uh, in the 80s, I uh, started to do a little real estate, and I started to have a following with older clients. At one point, they said, oh, you better call Ron. He's the poverty lawyer. Not that I was in <laughs> Not that I was impoverished, but in order to get on benefits, I would set up these trusts and tell them how they could get on benefits so they could preserve assets, et cetera. And then in about 1989, 1990, the uh, field of elder law became a thing. I was one of the first members of the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, one of the first certified elder law attorneys in New York State, and uh, I just loved it. And part of elder law is estate planning. Obviously, as people get older, they want to plan their estates. They want to save on estate taxes. They want to make sure that their assets are going to go to the beneficiaries that they want their assets to go to, but in the right way. Many times, a child, a niece, a nephew, they should not get assets outright, or especially a disabled child or a child that's not good with money. So there are ways to set trusts up, to preserve uh, uh, taxes, uh, you know, state taxes, income taxes, uh, protect assets for long-term care. And it's something that I felt so good about doing. I was really helping the lives of individuals on a day-to-day -day basis, and I loved it. And I'm still very passionate about it. I just love what I do. It's so interesting. When I speak to clients and they tell me their story, there are certain ways to handle a case. You know, the, the typical way is A, B, and then C, but I would listen to their facts and I would try to think of a more creative way. And in my practice today, what I've set up is we have these attorney meetings every week, if not more, where we try to be even more creative with our clients. And we try to think of things and we get seven attorneys together in a room, right now a virtual room, but to figure out the absolute best way to go. And uh, it's fascinating, it's fun. I'm giving back and I love what I, I'm doing right now. Well, you know, Ron, you are um, very much subject now also to some of the changing laws. How do you keep up with what's happening uh, in the uh, both federal and state and city governments that affect your... Uh, Vicki, it's a challenge, but I love it. It's not an area of law that stay, stays static. 
the numbers change. For example, the estate tax levels right now in 2022, the federal level is over $12 million. $12,060,000 is the federal estate and gift tax exemption. But in a few years, it's going to be halved. People have to know about this. We have to jockey in place. There are things that clients can do right now that they're not going to be able to do in a couple of years. So we have to stay on our toes. And on a state level, it's also different. For example, we have a New York state estate tax. And if you go over that level by just a little bit, there's no exemption anymore. It's called a cliff. You go over the cliff and you have to pay taxes on dollar one. And then we have all of the Medicaid changes. In April or maybe July, we're going to have for the first time a look back for Medicaid home care. But that's what I love about what I do. It's not static. It changes. And in order to be successful, we have to stay on top of our game. And that's what we do. I don't find it a challenge. I find it to be a lot of fun. When things change, you've got to change. We've got to change. And we've got to be creative. And we've got to figure out what to do. And that, to me anyway, is a lot of fun. And it, it keeps me in the game. And I just am very passionate about it. I love puzzles. And I love to put that puzzle together in a legal way. And to me, that's one of the most satisfying things that, that I can do. Ron, I know that you have offices too in Brooklyn, um, yeah. in Queens, in Long Island, Great Neck, Cedarhurst, Manhattan. How do you find it's better to have so many offices? Yeah, you know, people have asked me that. And what I found is that uh, we do estate planning for people of any age, but we do a lot of elder law work. And uh, elderly individuals find it difficult to travel. Right now, we try to do as much as we can on Zoom and virtually, but a lot of elderly individuals like to come into the office and see me or see one of the attorneys in my office eye to eye, especially the elderly. It's something that they like and it's hard for them to travel. And especially now during the pandemic, they don't wanna travel. So uh, to have an office that's fairly close to them is important. So we're accommodating our clients by doing this. Well, I know that you're also very creative and uh, you started a SunQ. You started a, an organization of many people in this world of elder care to be able to learn from each other. How is that standing up during this pandemic? It's doing well, actually. I think people need organizations like SunQ. I was on uh, the executive council for AARP for five years. I, I'm currently the chair of the Alzheimer's Association, the Long Island chapter. I'm very involved in New York City. Individuals, my clients, uh, uh, you know, need a place to turn to. Uh, individuals that deal with the elderly need a place to turn to. They need their colleagues. And uh, I recognize that. And I did start these organizations. Well, Lee Sun Q, I started. Uh, and very involved with AARP and the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, it's part of my way of giving back. 
but my clients turn to these organizations. Uh, for example, if a, a spouse is diagnosed with Alzheimer's, where do they turn to? Of course, they turn to us so we could do their, their planning and set up their trusts, et cetera. But who can they turn to for a support group to talk about uh, uh, what they're going through, to get the right doctor, et cetera? That's why I get involved with these organizations and I, I do what I do. Well, you're at the cutting edge and you've been a huge success. Tell me if you could share with our listeners, how would you suggest people can build their business, uh, their life to be as successful as you are? And I'm telling you, you're successful. You know it. <laughs> well, what thanks. advice would you give to others? Thank you, Vicki. Well, I think as we've learned from this pandemic and as I've known all along, life changes, the world changes, people change, companies change. And if you have a business and you're doing the same things, you're not going to be as successful as you could be. You have to be flexible in order to be a success. You got to anticipate in order to be a success. You have to listen to others, watch others, notice their body language, and Keep your ear to the ground to try to figure out what's coming down the pike and always be ahead of the game. Set goals is very important, not just daily goals, although that's crucial that you review every day, but weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, three-year, five-year goals. Very important that you visualize what you want and then work backwards and figure out how to get there and set up your goals accordingly. And in your business, set up systems. Don't rely on word of mouth and telling somebody X or Y. Set up written systems on how you think and you would like your business to be run. And I would say to have a mindset of success. You know, Wake up every day. There are a few questions that I always ask myself when I wake up in, in the morning is, why am I happy today? Why, why, what am I going to do today that's going to move me even one little step towards my goal? And I ask several questions like that to get me in the mood and get me going uh, for, the, for the day. Wow, and, what great advice you're giving us. You know, I'm yeah. so grateful to you, Ron. I Thank think that uh, the power of what you've just shared will be having great resonating with amongst all of our listeners. So I want to thank Ron Petula, elder attorney, friend, and great success story. We are in the power zone and Ron is a power player. So thank you, Ron, for being with me today. This is Victoria Schnepp signing off. Till next time. Thank you. Bye.